the one two Kentucky blue podcast. I'm your host coach John Spurlock. Thank you so much for tuning in today on today's podcast. I have coach Bretton Jones, him and I talk through the summer strength conditioning program for our men's and women's soccer teams here at Kentucky. Basically Jones gives us a rundown on his thoughts with why he programmed what he did from the month of May all the way through July leading up into the soccer team's preseason camps. That's a great conversation, but wanted to give you guys a heads up on my thoughts and where this podcast will be will be heading for the next few episodes is I really want to talk with our strength coaches at Kentucky, and I also want to continue to bring on former UK strength coaches, but I want to talk about the X's and O's of their program, looking into detail on exactly what they're doing to prepare their teams for competitions. I think that's going to be some great content, some great conversations, but Let's start with the day. I hope you enjoy Jones and I's conversation. All right, we're going to start with that. So I'm recording now. So Jones is fun fact. Tell everybody what your fun fact is, Brent Jones. Yeah, so this is one thing I've thought of for a while is I don't have any good fun facts. I've never broken a bone, never done. A lot of people have really good go-tos. So I've been thinking hard about what a fun fact is the past little bit. One thing I thought of is my name is Brent Jones, but my dad's dad was an orphan. So technically, like he didn't know his last name. So it's just a made up name, I think. Like Jones is not really my last name. I just, that's that's what he picked. That is a phenomenal fun fact. I can't believe you didn't think about that before. Wow. All right. Well, we're going to get into this episode. I got Brent Jones with me. Brent We'll just call you Brent because Jones might not even be your real last name. It's just what your grandfather picked, which is crazy. What That's a really good fun fact. But goal of this episode is to talk about the soccer program. So you have both men and women's soccer. This will be your second season with our men's soccer team. First season with the women's soccer team. Really wanted to sit down and talk through your thoughts with their summer training program. I think this will be good content for everybody listening so they can understand the rhyme and reason behind what you do with our men and women's soccer team. So let me start off with that question is what was the emphasis for the soccer programs, their lifting, their conditioning for the summer months? Yeah, so I think I guess like going backwards, just like any other any summer program, it's obviously fall sport, so they don't have a lot of time before they like once they come back they're right into their season so the emphasis is of course to get them ready for the season but that's kind of any summer program right get them fitter faster stronger all that stuff um but the biggest thing i think i was trying to emphasize with the the packets the whatever you want to call them is make it as accessible and easy to do as possible i think like there's a lot of programs you see, which is fine. Like it is what it is, but there'll be a hundred pages long. And then you actually just ask the athletes. They're like, yeah, I've never looked at that. So I tried to talk with them from last year, what made sense, what didn't make sense, because, you know, one angle that I've heard a lot of people where they're like, well, they are Kentucky soccer players. Like they'll do it if they care. And it's like, that's great. But like, let's actually try to 
make some, the best program is one that you're going to do, right? So I wasn't trying to get very specific and overanalyze things or do anything that I would probably normally do if they were here and I can control it. So I, I put it on um, like a link instead of sending out a PDF. So it's like, okay, they're always on their phones. They got that. Um, and then from there, I just tried to make it like each week was just one page. You don't got to scroll through 19 different things. Um, everything you need is right there. And then the other pieces, of course, what equipment do they have? What, a, you know, blah, 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 all that stuff. So I just tried to check a lot of boxes to see, like, eliminate the excuses. Oh, you don't have this? Okay, here's what, here's what you can do here. Um, and make sure it makes sense. And that is made harder to be, like, it, people make that out like it's harder to be just ask them does that make sense and the players on your team will be like no it didn't make sense so i just went and did this run it's like okay so I'm glad you did something but let's try to make it a little more uh uniform when you say you sent it in a link how did you send it to the student athletes so like if you go on instagram all those like link tree things like lincoln bio um i use that website so then i just have like a lincoln bio brent jones um and i can just send that out to whoever I want. And I had all my like rifle, men's women's soccer, swimming was on there as well. And they just kind of scroll to where they're at on there. So they can actually take it and make it like an app in their phone if they want like a bookmark. Was it hard to get everything in on one page? Because even as I think through what I send out to volleyball in the month of May, it's it's essentially two lifting number sheets. And then one sheet is their speed, agility, conditioning for the week. And it's typically two workouts put on one sheet. So I'm sending them three sheets. Was it hard to get it on one? Yeah. So I guess backing up, I guess I didn't put it on. I put the week on one and then there was like a lift would be on like a separate thing, but it was like, your outline is here. Like Monday, here are all the things I have. And then very rarely you just had to like break out. But the thing that made the link tree thing nice is it's super easy to do. Unlike, okay, I got to go to page seven and then I got to it's, it's just right there. Like it's easy to just click the little button and it pulls up the picture and then you can back out. So that made it easier to, I guess, have more pages if you did want to have more pages too. Um, so for the summer months, what were you trying to emphasize? Was it more conditioning based, maintaining strength? What were your thoughts? Uh, to me, like, I think this is where a lot of people would say, oh, it's off season. So they need to be pushing, getting stronger. And I just don't think that people are like, they're in the summer, they're away. It's their time to be away. Like if I was like, they only lift, let's put it this way, two to three times a week already with me in season. If I wanted to be like, I want to get stronger. We're going to do four days. There's no way they're going to do it. Like, so my emphasis was making sure it was something that they would do. Um, so keep it simple. Like I, I think where I've seen people go wrong in the past, like is they, you make this complicated program and then they just take two weeks off. And it's like, okay, I want you to be consistent. And you need to be getting runs in every week. You don't need to get seven in and they don't need to be every day is the hardest run possible, but you like, let's try to be consistent. Fourth of July week, June, you know, right before you're going to come back all of these weeks, like let's make sure we're doing something. And then there was like the extra piece, but of course, going backwards with soccer, it's fitness, like for sure. In my opinion, that's the low, like that's the biggest KPI for the sport. Um, so what I kind of have written out is like, obviously I'm working on uh, the weight room, strength, prehab, working on linear speed, working on agility. Um, all of those things are, I think, a little more simple to me, um, especially in the off season when I can't kind of con 
control it. So I kept the weight room simple. Here's the stuff you have to get done, you know, no matter what you're doing. And then here's a bunch of extra stuff. Here's other things you can be doing where it does get a little more complex and a little more specific, I guess, is the conditioning. Like you have to be checking certain boxes there. So, and that's just, you're working backwards from where they need to get to. Like I said, they, they show up to camp. I know from like the GPS, they run this much. So hopefully I'm progressively getting them there throughout the summer. So the overall emphasis is make sure it's simple, make sure it's, um, they understand it so that they'll actually do it. It's a comprehensive program, but you did place an emphasis on fitness because it is a sport of soccer. Now, did what types of things changed from your May program? You know, as soon as they were done with finals and they went home to, uh, you know, what they were doing late July before women's soccer reported on August 1st, I think it was, and then men's soccer reported two days ago, yeah. so August 7th. Yeah, so when they leave um johan the men's coach like he doesn't want the summer program to be more than eight weeks um because for the same reasons where he's like if we're going to ask him to do it like this is easy it's easier to ask him to do it for eight weeks than the minute they leave campus they already have stuff they have to be doing so he basically gives a may um completely to just you don't have anything from us and then we'll actually in june hop on a zoom with them explain the program and then it starts and it leads right into preseason um the women I kind of did a similar thing. We didn't have anything set in stone, but I gave them two or three weeks. And then that lined up to when they came on campus as well. Um, but how it changes is just a general to specific pretty much. So I think the run running wise, like I said, that's where things were a little more complex. The intervals intervals were longer. There were, you're getting longer runs in. That, that's maybe the only time where you can take that wear and tear a little bit because maybe they're not playing as much. Um, so I just kept them a little longer on the intervals, different work to rest ratios there. And then it just became more specific to soccer and what they're going to be expecting in camp as it goes. But the biggest problem is they play in the summer. Like that. So the, I guess that's what I rattled my brain, like head against this whole time is how do you make a program? And then they go play and they're like, okay, well, I can't do all these runs I'm playing. So I don't have an answer perfectly for that, but what I did is I make the program for the person that's not playing. You might have, there's a few people I know weren't playing. So I was like, okay, you're not doing anything, but this program, it dang well better get you prepared for camp. Right. So I'll make that. And then what I did is I have some checklists. So like I'll go through on each of those weeks and I have like checklists that I'll put in where it's like, are you checking these boxes with the team you're playing for? Cause not only are they playing, but they're playing for different teams. So some teams in the summer, it seems like they go and they run the crap out of them. Some teams are very smart and they don't, you know, they use them well and it's good training. And if that's the case, okay, you're checking a lot of boxes. So then we just have certain non-negotiables that like, regardless of if, you know, you, you have to be getting done. So you need to be getting, you know, a weight room day in, even if it's for 30, 45 minutes to be checking those boxes, because, you know, that's another thing that, some soccer players just, they don't like to lift. They're not going to, but the reality is at Kentucky, when they come back, they will lift once a week in season, both teams. So if you haven't lifted in a, in three months and then you come back and your first lift is when you're doing all the preseason stuff, you're going to be pretty sore. So that's kind of my explanation to it. Um, and then if it's the guys you have, they have a fitness test, the five by four. So that's non-negotiable regardless of how you're playing. Like you have somehow you got to be getting ready for that. So um, but other than that, 
if I tried to communicate with them over the summer as much as I could to just, you know, cause that's the questions they have is what, what do I do? What do I, what am I doing? You know, I play with my team and it has to be a little bit of an individual, like, you know, are you getting runs in? Okay. Do you feel fit? Then, then we're probably in good shape. If not, here's some extra stuff to be doing. Do you talk with those, the players that were playing, do you talk with them about, especially there was a few of them on campus, like how many minutes did you play in this match? Did you talk with them and that kind of helped dictate, yes. you know, what their runs were? For sure. So that, I guess that's kind of what I mean about some, some players are playing two games a week, you know, full 90 minutes. There's only so much you can do. They're literally in season at that point. So the people that were here, I had, you know, eight or nine girls here. That's a way easier program though, because I can just talk to them every day. Um, so it can be a little bit more specific. And for those girls, it's like they were on the same team. So it's like, okay, here's how we're going to structure the workouts. You know, if you're going to come in to lift, um, and it's the day after a game, I don't want you to tough through it and we're going to go run hard now. That makes no sense. You would never do that, um, in an actual season. So let's organize this a bit better. Um, but to be honest with you, it has to come down to them a little bit. Like I can't make a, a handmade program for them. And that is where you have to turn it over. And it's like, you're a division one athlete at this point, you need to be, you need to be able to kind of look yourself and look yourself in the mirror and say, am I fit? Am I not fit? Am I strong? Where, what am I feeling here? So I can at least ask the right questions, you know, about what I should be doing. So during the school year, it's important for us as strength coaches to lay the foundation that our student athletes are able to lead themselves, take themselves through a workout, educate them on why we're doing it. So when they do get into a spot that you're describing with our soccer teams, where a majority of them are off campus, they're able to have those tools in their toolbox and the discipline needed to make sure that they come back to campus when they report for camp, uh, fit and ready to go. Let's move on. So you mentioned it. So our men's soccer team has the five by four fitness test. This is your second season with Johan, first season with Troy. Um, Johan's been here for over a decade. This is Troy's second season. What were, if there were any main differences between the women's soccer program and the men's soccer program? Yeah. So I, there really was not many to be, to be honest with you. I think it's obviously they both play soccer. So the number one differences are the men's soccer is preparing for their conditioning tests. Right. So, whereas the women's soccer players, it was like, just get them fit. Um, they have tests that they do, but it's not like an all out, like this is the conditioning test you're preparing for. It's just more so are they, you know, you, you can tell if they're fit or not. So those are the main differences though. When I'm looking at like what our entire job, almost as strength conditioning coaches are at least for soccer, it, most of my stuff is general. So they put, both play the sport of soccer. Yes, there are obviously huge differences between the way those teams are coached and their tactics, but that's a little bit more on the coaching level. Like my job is to get them stronger and fitter and just the, the general stuff to hopefully hand over where they can apply it to whatever specific stuff they're trying to get done. So I just think, you know, like you said, first season with Troy, second season with Johan, it would have just been silly for me to try to create two ridiculously different programs um, because that would have just made it hard for me to, I'm not coaching it, but it would have made it harder, hard for me to, you know, uh, coach it to them over the phone and do different things. So just 
it goes back to keeping it simple. So not a ton of differences. So a lot of people out there probably have no idea what the five by four is. I have an understanding of it because I worked with men's soccer for years and, you know, Johan was the head coach at the time, but give a, just a general understanding of what the five by four is. And then I want you to, once again, just give, you know, basic examples on how you progress those runs so that the team was prepared as they could be to pass that test. They ran it today, right? Yeah, they ran so it today. On so August 9th. Yep. So there you go. Yeah. So the five five by fours, five sets of a four minute run um, with three minutes in between sets. And you have to do all of those four minute runs at a six minute mile pace. So basically we go on a track, you run for four minutes and you have to make it like 10,070 meters in that four minutes. That's what it is. Um, so it's, it's, it's tough. Um, it's a, that's a hard pace. Um, and to be honest with you, this is what I mean by general, where the progression is kind of what it is. We start, you know, Johan has expressed, he doesn't want to, he, right from the get go, he wants them getting the volume in and the intensity to be intensity to be lower. So it's an eight week program and straight up week one of it, it's, it would be the six minute pace. So I believe we go at an eight, whatever 30 seconds up would be. So um they're running all five of those sets at an eight minute pace they do that for two weeks then the next two weeks they go to 7 30 pace the next two minutes or two weeks they go to seven minute pace and it just works down to the week before they get here you're hopefully running it at the passing pace and you're good to go there and that just gives them an idea of like if you run at the 7 30 pace and you're missing you got some work to do um and what's the rest in between sets is it three, three minutes, minutes three minutes yep um, and that's been talking about goals of the summer program. I think one thing I've learned working with soccer players is they have a lot of beef with just general fitness tests and the weight room and different things, things that are not just playing soccer. It's like that with every athlete with their respective sport, but the best way I've heard Johan describe it is, you know, no, this test does not tell me if we're um, a good soccer player, but we're going to put load on you in season. You are going to have to run a lot. If you can't be running at some kind of decent level, your body's going to break down. And that part I do see is true. So I'm sure there's people out there that could crush that test that sure they're not going to be good soccer players, but that is also what you're trying to do with the summer program is explain why the heck are we making you do these runs? Just like weight room. Why the heck are we making you do these things? Let's move on to the women's soccer team. Um, so a majority, if not all of them, showed up about two weeks before their report date. They came in, did some practices on their own, captain-led practice. They did some workouts with you. What did those workouts look like? What did the schedule look like? What was your main emphasis for that short uh, time block? Just kind of talk through what you were doing with our women's team. Yeah, so... I think the biggest thing that that checked off um, is they, they came back and it just gives them time to get acclimated. Right. So it's fitness, obviously you're trying to work them into what the camp will be, but the other side of it that I've seen the past couple of weeks now really help is they got acclimated to tons of other things. Like there's a ton of freshmen in this class. They show up, they get to move into the dorms. They get to get cleared physically, understand where the buildings are, get in the, like meet each other, learn each other's names, all of these different things that you're normally dealing with. They want to camp along with all the other pressures of camp. Um, so for me, like they were just with me during this time, obviously they can't be with the coaches or 
uh, sport coaches or anything like that. So I had to play a little bit more of like operations role and coach role and organizer and diff- different things of, you know, if you're going to have captain's practices, what, you know, what's the field times, what's, what's going on here. Um, so the way I organized it was just, once again, they use the GPS. I know what mileage I want on them for this week. I know what mileage they're going to need to be at when they kind of start um, with the coaches and week one of camp. So I just kind of backed off of that and worked them in. Um, and every day they would warm up, do some dynamic, do some speed work. The captains would take them for some kind of captain's practice where they were showing them the ropes of different things that were going to be expected. Then I would come back out, we would do conditioning. And then if we had a lift for the day, we would lift after that. So I just tried to organize it just like you would at any other point. Um, it's just, you're now working instead of with the coaches, you got to kind of talk with the captains and talk with, you know, people there. So it's a good leadership opportunity for them as well. I think my main takeaway with all of this Jones, and it's a thought I've had, and it's a thought I don't feel like I, um, emphasize enough to the staff or even our young coaches. But if you were to look at our soccer men or women, their off season training calendar. So their season's over um, early December. Uh, They get winter break off. They come back in January. Let's say we're starting their training mid-January around MLK Day. If you were to train straight through January, February, March, April, May, June, July for them to to be prepared and get geared up ready for their August preseason camp, that's a ton of time. Yeah, I think a lot of people think that you do need 28 weeks to get prepared and you got to be doing something where I really like what you said. And it just reemphasized what I feel as well. Like during the month of May, when soccer's off campus or when my volleyball team is off campus, I want them to do whatever the hell they want. Yeah. I want them. Hey, if you want to go take a hot yoga class, go take a hot yoga class. It, this was the first year with volleyball that I when I sent them the program, I was like, do this. Don't do this. Just make sure you're doing something. But. As we get closer and closer to you coming back on campus um, at the beginning of June, please make sure you do this back squat workout. I want the bar on your back. It's not heavy, but this is going to help eliminate some of the week one, day one soreness that you're going to get if you haven't squatted in four weeks. So I'll kind of throw those things at them. But I think a lot of people, they hit the ground running at the beginning of the off-season period. And they're like, all right, we got to go. We got to be fit. We got to be strong. It's like, no, you can build a lot of, uh, you can build an incredible fitness base in eight weeks, just like you were talking about for the men's soccer five by four. Now, strength takes a little bit more time. So you just got to be smart with your, your programming. You know, they'll get some time off for spring break. They'll get some time off with May, but you want to make sure that you're, you're smart there, but it's not like you got to tackle everything right away in the months of January and February. And, and yeah, it, you think that you're doing these athletes um, any sort of justice. You, it has to be planned out. You have to have a, a solid periodization scheme or even an, a solid annual plan of what you really want to tackle each block, each month, each semester, whatever it might be. Yeah. I think like, the best way I think about that all the time is consistency and just the intent of it and planning, like you said, is way more important than the actual sets and reps. Like that's the only thing we ever talk about as coaches and what's the sets, what's the reps, how, you know, how, how much are you doing? How much like, and it's kind of like, it's probably way more important that you squat a little bit once a week. If you did that for all 
50 whatever weeks of the year, that's probably going to be better than you going hard for eight weeks and then taking the other 40 off. So, but that's honestly how people think. So it's just get a little bit in here and there, keep it going just a little bit. It doesn't always have to be your training freaking balls to the wall all the time. It's just be a little smarter with it. Be planned out, like you said. And that's the part, you know, people don't want to do. Anything else about your soccer program that you want to touch on or talk about before I get into my last question that I just wrote down? I don't think so. I, this is ever evolving. That's the only th- other thing I have realized here. It's I have no. I mean, all this is going to change next year, but um, it's it's just a constant learning process. That's for sure. Oh, absolutely. Everything. You know, even as I look at my volleyball programs year after year, like five years ago, it looked completely different. And sometimes I'll look at my program from five years ago, being like. Oh, I forgot I used to do that. Oh, I'm going to get back to that. But exactly what you just said, it's ever evolving. It's always changing. Things are new information is going to come your way. Your programs are going to develop. Uh, Most of the time you'll look back at your program some years ago and think, what the hell was I doing? But when you get established, like I am a lot of times I'm looking back and I'm like, I forgot we used to do that. That was an awesome movement. Why did I get away from that? Um, But Good, good conversation. Last question I had for you. Based off your icebreaker that we did, if you could change your last name, would you change your last name from Jones to something else if it was up to you? No, I don't think so. What about your first? Would you change your first name? Like I always want when I was younger, I always thought the name Michael was cool. I was like, man, I wish that my name was Michael instead of John. I I don't I don't think I'd change it just because I don't know what I'd change it to. But like, I don't. I don't know. I think I've had times where I'm like, I don't love my first name, but what's wrong with Brent? I don't know, but that's what I'm saying. What's your middle name? Evan. Brent I was almost, I was almost the third. So my dad's name is Evan Emmett Jones. Evan Emmett Jones. Yeah. Which I'm now finding out would have been the third of a fake line of <laughs> a fake line of things. So, so your grandfather was Evan Emmett. Evan yeah. Emmett he Jones was the Evan. first. Yeah, my mom didn't like the name Evan, so she's told her husband I don't like that name, so we're not naming her. Her husband, your dad. Yes, exactly. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, hopefully you guys enjoyed that conversation. If you got any feedback for us, don't hesitate to email us at ukstrength at uky.edu. Thanks and go cats.